Uh, so let's get into it this morning. If you've missed the past uh, th- uh, two or three weeks, you may not know that we're in this new series called Fruit of the Spirit. And what we're doing is we're looking at Galatians chapter 5, primarily at verses 22 and th- 23, but really it extends uh, a little bit beginning of that in verse uh, 16 all the way to 22. And we're, we're taking each fruit each week and we're unpacking it to try and get to what does it really mean with these particular fruits? Because we can look at love and peace and joy and we can form our own opinions and yet God's word is very, very clear on what each of those words that are used in those fruits really mean, what they mean for you, what they mean for me, what they mean in our everyday lives. And so we've been unpacking those for the last couple weeks. We began with love, uh, we did joy. Uh, Alex last week did a great, great job unpacking peace. And now we have the fourth fruit, and we're looking at a really easy one this morning, patience. Uh, And so uh, I've talked to a lot of you this morning. Almost all of you have this one down, so it's just going to be review uh, for most of you. Uh, I hope you brought your Bibles. Uh, We've been pushing this very, very hard to get away from the electronic and open up the paper. So if you have your Bibles or you didn't didn't bring one, there's one in the seat in front of you. Open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to be uh, beginning in verse uh, 22. A lot of these will be on the screen, not all of them, but most of them will certainly um, be on the screen. And so let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, that's ours, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things... There is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus uh, have been crucified, the sinful nature with his passions and desires. That's through verse 24. Now, if you brought your notebook, we've been also been encouraging, don't just bring your Bible, but find a notebook so that you can take notes. Because so much of what we cover on a Sunday, you're going to want to dig around and think about either in life group, uh, on your own, or, or in your own individual time. But I'm going to teach you a couple of words this morning. There's a couple words in the Greek that translate patience. One of those is hupomone. So you guys say that with me, hupomone. Let's try it one more time, hupomone. All right, so this is a Greek word for patience. Uh, There's a verb, meno, which means to remain, and then hupo, which means under, which is interesting because if you find yourself on the bottom of a hupopotamus... It's not going to be comfortable. But this is the kind of patience that is displayed when your life is in the midst of a trial. When your life is feeling the pressure, right? Lose your job, a loved one passes away, a a terminal illness. This is to remain patient under a trial. It's talking about circumstances, life circumstances that every single one of us in this room, and for those of you who are listening online, we have experienced those. It's, it's the ability to remain patient when a challenging time in your life presents itself. And it's very difficult. In other words, it's being able to remain patient and maintain joy and hope 
and patiently wait for the Lord to deliver you from that life situation. That's hupomone. However, this is not the word that's used in the fruit of the Spirit. This might be a surprise to you. This is not in any way what this word used for patience is to describe. The word that's used here speaks not so much of being patient in the midst of a trial, but being patient with people. Now, I want you to think about this. Is it easier for you to be patient in a life trial or with an annoying, destructive person? It's interesting for both of us, but this one for us, patience, this is being patient with people and it's the word macrothumia. So say that with me now, macrothumia. Macrothumia, this also is patience. So two different words with completely different perspectives on that same word. Macro means large as opposed to micro. We might think small is the opposite of large, but in the Greek context, it wasn't really a size issue. It was parallel to kind of a distance or, or far away. So that's macrothumia is related to thumos, which is anger. Thumos is anger. This is a person, this is a patience who pushes their anger far, far away and keeps it at a very far distance. You with me? This is the fruit that is talked about in Galatians 5 in regards to patience. We're talking about patience with people who would otherwise make you very angry. Perhaps even a clear definition of this patience is this. Patience is the power that does not react or retaliate. Might want to take a picture of that. Patience is the power to not react or retaliate. That's patience. That, that's what the Holy Spirit grows in us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we begin to be changed from the inside moving out. That's patience. So in other words, whatever was said to you, whatever was done to you, whatever hurt that was inflicted on you, Whatever was not done to you, but should have been done to you, whatever offense was taken against you, no matter how severe, if you are walking in step with the Spirit, your anger is far away. It's this idea that the Bible doesn't say you shouldn't have anger. It's keep it at a distance. Keep it in check, if you would. Don't embrace it. Don't allow it to come near to you. It's almost, uh, if, if we had time and we could unpack even further into uh, word studies and theology, it's almost like an indefinite distance where you can't even see it. You're restrained in your anger and you're restrained from any retaliation. Now, I want to be honest with you. I have not always been patient. I have not always been patient with my beautiful bride, Sandy. 
I have not always been patient with friends or family or coworkers or neighbors or strangers or when I was a cop on the street with crooks. Now here's the difference. I was a believer during those times, but I was not walking in the spirit. The two are not completely synonymous. They're also not completely separate. But it is possible for, for one to believe in God, to give their life to Christ, but not to actively walk in the spirit of what the spirit is growing within us. What you are is a church attender, a believer in, but you're not walking with. And it was only when I began to walk with the Spirit and humble myself and allow God to discipline me that patience followed. Not because I pulled myself up or, or I read a self-help book or I took breathing lessons in, in the morning before my day got started, but because I surrendered to the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's when I began to find patience. And so what is this patience? Thankfully, this is, first of all, defined for us. And we're going to talk a little bit about the definition. It's defined for us by God himself. If you want to turn to it in Numbers chapter 14, verse 18, listen to what it says. It's a really short verse, the beginning part. You ready? The Lord is slow to anger. Let's stop for a second. Think about your life. Think about your past. The Lord is slow to anger. Amen? amen? Boy, if your heart isn't at least saying amen, even if your mouth doesn't, you should. Because the Lord is not just slow to anger globally from a macro level. He's slow to anger with you. He is slow to anger with everything you've even thought about doing but didn't do. He's slow to anger in your attitude. He's slow to anger in your demeanor. He's slow to anger in your judgment. He's slow to anger with you when you're on the road driving. That should really cause you to say amen. The Lord is slow to anger. There is the patience that's being talked about here in the fruit of the Spirit. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. And that's the Old Testament word for grace, if you would. Forgiving iniquity and transgressions, or your version might say sin and rebellion. So if you want to know what patience is, it's the kind of response to an abuse that's slow to anger, full of grace, forgiving sin, for, forgiving transgressions against us, modeling what God has done for you and I. This is actually the only fruit that is most closely related to forgiveness. It's the heartbeat of God. It's the reason why Jesus even went to the cross. And we could talk a lot about forgiveness. Why? Because we are called to forgive. That's who we are. If you're a Christ follower, you are called to forgive. 
If you don't have a regular practice of giving the gift of forgiveness in your life, you're missing a huge element of walking in step with God. Forgiveness is one of the greatest gifts we have. Why? Because forgiveness is the greatest gift we've received. And as Alex said last week, we only receive these fruits so that we can give them away, so that we can live them out. We are called to forgive 70 times 7. 70 times a day? Forgive, 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 forgive. How many of you ever thought to, uh, to yourself, you have a loved one in your life or a stranger or someone loosely connected and you're like, that's it, I'm done with them. They've run up, they're dry, I have no more forgiveness, I'm done with them. The complete opposite of the heart of God. There is never in our lives as a follower of Christ an endless or, or a, an empty well of forgiveness. Jesus even said that we're never more like God than when we forgive our enemies. If we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. Jesus said that too. These are some hard commands. These are the times when we don't just come to church, we hear a nice message, we listen to it, we go, oh, that was kind of nice, and then we go out to eat. We have to wrestle with this. Do I have the fruit that is growing in my heart to offer endless forgiveness? To those who have wronged me and aren't even seeking the forgiveness, but do I offer it freely? We ought to be marked by that same kind of slowness to anger. And why? Because this is the heart of God. We know this. We might not like it. We might wrestle with it. But this is the heart of God. Look at, at Psalm chapter 86, verse 15. It says this, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness and truth. This is who God is to you. Whether you turn your back up to him, raise a middle finger to him, or shout from the mountains hatred and venom, he is slow to anger, abundant in his loving kindness and gentleness and patient. And so that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about being patient during a difficult stretch of life. We're not talking about making sure that we somehow have the patience to hang in there. That is an incredible virtue, and it is described in the scriptures, but not here. This one is to be patient with those who have offended us, and it is most clearly demonstrated by God himself. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, if you go to the middle of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, if you get to the maps in the back, you've gone too far. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says this, Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Do you scoff at these things? Do you, do you look at kindness and gentleness and tolerance and patience and just kind of go, yeah, whatever? 
When in the reality, knowing that kind of kindness of God leads you to repentance. Knowing God's gentleness and patience with you leads you to repentance. And again, we'll get to kindness and and goodness next week. Dan's going to help us walk through that. But here, kindness is connected to patience. And it is the patience of God that tolerates us until we come to repentance. Patience. This week, Alex and I had the unique privilege to gather with about 30 other ministry leaders in Boulder. And uh, in the coming weeks and months, I'm hoping to expose you to all that God is doing throughout uh, Boulder County because we can often poo-poo uh, this county as far from God and uh, you know not Christian and this and that. And I can just tell you there are some incredible movements of the kingdom of God all throughout uh, our surrounding area. And we gathered with this group of pastors. Uh, there is a newly formed uh, Boulder Pregnancy Resource Center that has been created. Uh, it's like a crisis pregnancy. Uh, they don't have a building yet, so you can be praying for that. But we gathered to hear their heart. I'm gonna, Alex and I are going to bring the director in uh, here, hopefully in the next handful of weeks, set her up here. We're going to interview her throughout uh, the morning uh, to hear their heart. It is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, and it is a privilege to partner with them. Anyway, Alex and I were there. We were on our way home, and we were stopped at a stop sign, and the guy at the stop sign, uh, we were in back of this person, and the guy just sat there and, and waited, and we were like, hello, you know, what are we doing? And the guy finally turned, and I kind of laughed, and Alex made the comment, huh, I can tell you're preaching on patience this week. <laughs> and I didn't even think of it, and I'm like, why you say that? And he goes, I would have honked. <laughs> And it hit me that I was driving with a criminal. (laughs) That had not yet paid his penalty. If you remember last week, Alex got a ticket. And I'm like, man, usually my past experiences, the crooks are in the backseat, but Alex is right next to me. I am with a criminal. And then I had to admit, well, I would have, but my horn is broken. (laughs) So there's a lot of things broken on my Jeep, and the horn's one of them. So I couldn't honk. I could yell, but that doesn't go anywhere either. Patience. Man, we we can think about patience like some person who is off in left field and won't turn at a stop sign, so we have to wait for them, and we can honk our horn. Or we can think about patience with the person who has spewed venom at you non-stop, hatred, cutting, tearing you down. How do we remain patient? But again, if we look at Romans and Galatians, there's an assumption about this word, and we cannot miss this. There's an assumption about this word that there's sin, there's an offense, something's wrong, somebody did something, something's not right. And human nature is naturally to fight back 
or be defensive or retaliate or to honk or, or to be judgmental. That's normal. That's our normal, if you would, if we look at verses 16 through 22, that's our normal natural sinful desires. Get out of my way. Sin. But friends, that's not what the Holy Spirit produces. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the opposite of the actions of sarks. Sarks, if you remember from week one, is that Greek word that describes our sinful nature. This is the virtue of patience that brings about forgiveness. This is the patience of God. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, that was exhibited in the days of Noah. God was so patient in, the, in those days of Noah. Held off his judgment. How patient? It took Noah 120 years to build the ark. And every day, every year during the building of the ark, Noah was a preacher and proclaimer of righteousness and truth to a very lost, corrupt generation. And for 120 years he preached, and God was patient over 120 years before he brought judgment. And friends, that same God is patient with you. Amen. Cut yourself some slack. Stop being so hard on yourself. God is patient with you. He's willing to take a walk with you, help you understand this. Patience. James chapter five, verses seven and eight is a great uh, verse to jot down if you want to read it later. Uh, we'll have it on the screen. It says there, therefore be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. Verse eight, you too be patient and stand firm. The coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble against one another. Be an example of suffering and patient. And here's the bar that is set. You ready for this? Here's the bar that God sets. We're instructed to be patient like God is patient. And if you're thinking anything like me, you're going, oh, geez. I'm in big trouble. If I'm supposed to be patient like God is patient, I, how in the world do I do that? I got to go back to work tomorrow. I got to go to my friends tomorrow. I'm spending it spring break. I'm going to be near family. How in the world am I supposed to be patient the way God is patient? And so what it means here is to endure offenses with a heart of forgiveness, a heart of compassion, a heart of mercy. And the example, of course, is Jesus it's always Jesus. He is the perfect model for us. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, among whom I am the foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy. 
So that in me, as the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience. So that in me, as the most perfect sinner, Jesus Christ could demonstrate his perfect patience. In other words, if dad can be patient with me, he can be patient with any of you. I just want to pause here for a moment. Because what an amazing statement this is. Here was not just a Pharisee. Here wasn't just a legalistic Jew that, that God chose to be patient with. You want to know how Jesus Christ demonstrates his perfect patience? By being patient with a man who rounded up Christians, tortured them for entertainment, and in the end killed them. Friends, we think about our world today and we go, man, this is the world's we, worst world we've ever seen. Things have never been this bad. Let me humbly assure you, this world has never seen things as bad as what we saw back in biblical times. And as, as a response, Paul says, I am the foremost sinner. And you want to know how? Jesus Christ is patient with me and therefore displays it. This is the kind of people who we are to be as Christ followers. If you want to say it, it's almost like a litmus test. In other words, this is how you are going to live if you are walking in the Spirit. Not if you're saved, not if your salvation is secure, not if you know God knows you and you know God. If you are walking in the Spirit, you live this kind of patience for those who wrong you. You're not vengeful, you're not bitter, you're not trying to get back at people, you're not hostile, you're not angry, you don't have outbursts because somebody offended you. If, if that takes place in you, know that in that moment, your flesh, your, your natural fleshly sinful desires are winning in that battle. But if the spirit is winning the battle in that moment, your anger is far. Your response is gracious and merciful and gentle tolerant patience. That's what we're commanded to display. It's so simple. And yet it is so hard. And here perhaps is the most simplest command tied to these fruits, most notably tied to this single fruit of patience. And it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. You ready for this? Be patient with everyone. 
like, you got to be kidding me. If he just said, be patient with your spouse, that would be hard. Or be patient with your neighbors. Or you don't have to be patient with anybody but your coworkers. Then we can wrap our mind around and go, okay, man, I got to get in this frame of mind so that I can be obedient to Christ. Be patient with everyone. That's it. There's no need to even unpack that. There's no words to expound on. Everyone means everyone. Even in the Greek. <laughs> Don't overthink it. And so what's the end of all this? Where is all this going? Why be patient? Why ask and seek for the Holy Spirit to grow these fruits inside of us? What's the end game? I'm so glad you asked. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 12 says this. You want to know why? So that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you, in you and him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. What's this all about? Why fruit? Why are we to live love, joy, and, and peace? Why? Why are we to be characterized by these virtues of patience and kindness and goodness and self-control so that the name of the Lord Jesus will be glorified in you? so that you can be a better person, so that you can be popular, so that you can be successful, so that you can get raises, so you can make less mistakes, so that you can be more holy. You know better than that. You've tried it. It just doesn't work. You can read all the books you want on patience, but patience is owned by God not by right thinking. It's a fruit that has grown. And so here's my question as we finish. Who needs patience from you? I know you need patience. I don't have to ask that question. You and I, and if you're listening online, we need patience with those who have blatantly or mistakenly hurt or offended us. So we need patience with those. But I want to ask you, who needs your patience? Who has wronged you that needs a supernatural God forgiveness? That there's nothing within your being that can forgive. Who needs that from you? Not of your own mustering, but, but rooted in this fruit. Who needs it? God grows it by the power of his Holy Spirit. And it, when, be, when it begins to mature in us, we give it away. Not to react or retaliate, but to respond in love and forgiveness.
And I don't know who that is for you. But I'd be willing to wager right now you do. I know who it is for me. And I'm not so naive to think it's just a, a momentary response and then all is right. But around here we talk an awful lot about taking a step. And maybe your step is acknowledging in the, in the depths of your heart who that person is that needs your patience. And then we'll go from there. We'll figure it out. These, these fruits are super exciting, but they're not easy. And if you've tried to grow anything, if your name's not Mimi, if you've tried to grow anything, in your backyard or wherever like it's hard weeds come up and the sun is difficult in the summer and it's hard to keep things alive it's hard to grow it and you might have some tough soil in your heart but God can grow anything so let me pray for you let me pray for us Father, under your name, under the name of Jesus and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we have gathered, we've listened to your word, your truth, your proclamations, your directives, your commands. And we want to say some willing, some unwilling, some reluctant, some with excitement, we surrender and submit to your kingdom authority. I pray that if there's anyone in this room or those who are listening online that are fighting that forgiveness that you are calling them to, that you would discipline us with a righteous anger and bring us to a place where we offer forgiveness and peace even where it is not sought after so that we might become more like you so that we could allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow in our hearts, that we would weed that place where is rightfully only your place. And it begins in worship. It begins with an outpouring of our hearts. So we love you and pray that you would continually push away the powers of darkness Push away the lies and the deceitfulness of the enemy. Protect our children. Protect our relationships. Protect our marriages. So that they could be an offering that is beautiful and life-giving fragrance that you see and smell and observe. And as you roam throughout this world looking for those who will worship you in spirit and in truth, would you hover around our beautiful little church and find that here at Rock Creek? For we are willing. We might struggle, but we are willing. So thank you for the gift of patience that gives us the ability to experience what you have experienced and to be more like you. For we pray all these things in the powerful, risen, majestic name of Jesus Christ, who gives us hope. Amen. Would you please stand?